Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Today we have a great new show in partnership with the Michigan Reading Association and Parker J. Cole from The Right Stuff Radio and The Parker J. Cole Show. Parker J. Cole is an author, radio show host, speaker, and executive of PJC Media Network. She writes Christian romance novels. And for speculative fiction, she writes under the name Parker Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. As a radio show host, Parker showcases Christian authors worldwide on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. From Detroit to England to Pakistan, Parker loves to interview authors from all over. Visit all of her projects over at www.parkerjcole.com. That's parkerjcole.com. This episode is going to feature a number of short stories from the anthology Kaleidoscope, a collection from young authors throughout the state of Michigan from 1st through 12th grade. Today's episode will feature stories of a speculative nature. We'll release the full anthology in a few weeks, but for right now, we'll focus on the speculative ones. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present several stories from Kaleidoscope. The Wonderful Life of the Turkey by Nathan Lancy First grade, Morgan Elementary in Shelby Township, Michigan My mom went to the store and bought an orange, a turkey, and a hat. It turns out the hat was magical. I put the hat on the turkey, and the turkey came to life. It ate all the Thanksgiving food, even the orange. Mom had to go shopping again. No hats this time. Jack and the Evil King by Rachel Brody, 2nd grade, West Utica Elementary in Shelby Township, Michigan. Once upon a time, there was an evil king and a boy named Jack. The evil king had a magic rock that always said, The evil king is the strongest in the land. The king would smile and laugh. One day, the rock said, Jack is the strongest in the land. The king was very angry. The evil king went to Jack's house and took him on his horse to the woods. He threw Jack into the woods. He landed by a small cottage where a dog ran out and said, My name is Lulu. Jack said, My name is Jack. Lulu invited Jack inside. Next, the king made a magic necklace and told a puppy to give it to Jack. The puppy put the necklace in his mouth and gave it to Jack. When Jack put the necklace on, he fell into a deep sleep. Then, Lulu licked Jack on his cheek and suddenly Jack woke up. He eagerly started to run to the king's castle and yelled, Lulu, follow me! When they got there, Lulu jumped in the king's lap and licked the king's face. The king was nice and said to Lulu, You are so cute. While the king was petting Lulu, he asked, Jack, can you teach me some tricks to get stronger? Jack told the king, Yes. And they all lived happily ever after. Magic Steve and Jester by Garrett Gersh, 2nd grade, Wiley Elementary School in Shelby Township, Michigan. Once upon a time, there was a wizard named Magic Steve who 
who lived in a castle with King Larry and Queen Lisa. Magic Steve was a kind but mysterious man. Long ago, an evil joker named Jester stole some treasure from the castle. Magic Steve went deep into the dark forest to get the treasure back. He thought he could use his magic powers to retrieve the treasure. While Magic Steve was taking a walk in the forest, he spotted Jester with his treasure. Magic Steve went up and confronted Jester about the treasure. This caused a fight. Suddenly, Magic Steve performed the wrong spell on Jester. The spell gave Jester his magic powers. Jester ran away excited to test his new powers. Magic Steve told Queen Lisa and King Larry what happened. Then he asked King Larry to knight Eli the bodyguard. King Larry said, yes, and knighted Eli. Then Eli and Magic Steve went to the forest to search for Jester. But Jester was not found. While they were gone, Jester snuck in the castle and kidnapped Queen Lisa. Magic Steve and Eli came back just in time to see Jester coming out of the castle. Then they fought Jester in an epic battle. After a tiring battle, Magic Steve cast a powerful spell that put Jester in a steel cage. Then they rescued Queen Lisa. After the battle, they had a giant celebration for Jester's defeat. They all lived happily ever after. Haley the Hedgehog by Emily Dennis, 3rd grade, Plumbrook Elementary, in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Hello there. My name is Haley the Hedgehog. I have some bad news for you. Winter is coming, but I have a plan. You know what that means? I sleep all winter long. It's kind of like I play hide-and-seek with winter, but winter never finds me. It's because I hibernate. Hi there again. Can I tell you some more about how I hibernate? Great, now let's get started. First, I get as fat as I can. I love this step. Do you know why? It's because I get to eat a lot of food. Yum! I can already taste it. Next, I get my fluffy bed ready. I can already feel it. This is going to be the best time ever. I love hibernating. Hello again. Did you miss me? <laughs> of course you did. I was just out collecting fruits, nuts, and berries. It took me a while because I had to be careful of predators. My predator is a bobcat. It makes me scared just thinking about them. Wow, I can't even keep my eyes open and my legs, arms, and body are starting to get shaky. <sighs> this means I have to go to sleep right now. I hope I have some great dreams. See you in the spring. Well, winter is almost over. I am starving. Time to go find some food and see my friends. I feel so rested. Snakezilla by Maximilian Wysanewski, 3rd grade, Flickinger Elementary, in Shelby Township, Michigan. Once upon a time, there was a miniature city of mice called Mausopolis. Every day, the mice walked to work and watched TV in their homes. All the mice were normal and fine until one day, a ferocious snake named Snakezilla smelled mice. Snakezilla slithered into Mausopolis, saw mice scurrying, and he thought to himself, I want to eat some mice. So he glided among the mice in the streets, 
When the mice saw Snakezilla, they knew he was after them, so they scampered for their mice lives. When they were running, the mice were so terrified that they shook like an earthquake. Luckily, they trained for this survival, first aid, and snake removal. They had to give Snakezilla a mouse. After they were running, they found a dark brick underground shelter. All the mice went running into it to hide. The fierce Snakezilla slithered past and didn't notice that they were inside. While the mice were hiding, they opened a door and a flavored mouse bag fell out. The mice then picked a random mouse to volunteer to jump into the bag. I'll go into the bag, cried the mouse Richard. Once Richard was in the bag, they opened the shelter and teased. Hey, Snakezilla, do you want a mouse? Snakezilla followed the bag. When the bag fell on the ground, the mouse crawled out into the plains. The fast Snakezilla went to the bag in the plains and gobbled the flavored bag up. From that day on, Snakezilla never came back. Until Snakezilla got hungry again, the mice spent the rest of their tiny mice lives being worried and having a normal life. Be Unique Like Me by Taylor Maudlin, 5th grade, DeKaiser Elementary in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Have you ever felt different? I know I'm different. People are different because they're athletic, others because they're creative. I'm different because I write. Not just in class, but everywhere. I got in the car, pulled out my journal, and looked at my sister. She was, of course, on her phone. What are you doing? asked mom. I'm writing a book, I responded. I opened the journal and wrote. Bang! All of a sudden, honk, the sound of a car horn. It was so deafening, it almost blew my eardrum. Next, I finished chapter three. My mom turned up the radio. It was as loud as an airplane landing. I couldn't concentrate. Then I screamed, turn down the music! My mom got mad at me. We sat in complete silence. The music was muted, no car horns, and it was peaceful. Then I started writing chapter four. I wrote, the others. My sister looked around. Yellow car, she said while punching my shoulder. I'm doing something, Alyssa, can't you see? Alyssa saw the journal and said, Taylor has a diary. I looked back at her and gave her a disturbing look. I sat forward. I wrote, Stephen woke up on the cold marble floor. Then I realized we turned onto my street. I'm unique because I write even with distractions. I hope you're unique in your own way. Now I can move on in my story without any disruptions. The Invasive Pigs by Lucas Wynn, 5th grade, Burr Elementary School in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Some say I am the big bad wolf, but I'm not bad. Pig construction, owned by the three little pigs, began to build homes right in the middle of our forest, destroying the habitat. I hiked to the forest, finding three houses. Trees were gone and animals sat crying. House built of hay, sticks, and solid bricks stood instead of trees. I walked up to the house of fragile hay and politely asked, Please move your house. 
You're destroying our habitat. The pig didn't hear me because a roaring wind was blowing across the desolation. I started to sneeze uncontrollably because apparently I am highly allergic to hay. My sneeze blew down the pathetic hay and stick houses. The terrified pigs dashed to the house of bricks. At the brick house, a fragment of hay traveled up my nose. I sneezed. I saw the impossible. The house withstood my blow. The ear-splitting wind stopped. I asked the pigs, Please relocate your houses somewhere else. The pigs were afraid to answer. I had the idea to shimmy down the chimney to make my case. At the bottom of the chimney, I found flames that caught my fluffy tail on fire. I rocketed into the sky like a magnificent bird. The pigs dialed 911. When the police arrived, they arrested me for my crimes. I was trying to save the forest. Today I'm in jail, and the peaceful forest is now a noisy city filled with disgusting pigs. Jane's Adventure by Ava Sherman, 5th grade, Duncan Elementary, in Maycomb, Michigan. Jane, honey, it's time for bed. All right, Mom. Jane ran upstairs into her room. She jumped straight on the bed like a bullet. Mom hiked up the steps, ready to tuck Jane in. What book tonight? Well, how about my favorite book, Wayne's Jungle? Jane's mom started to read. Once upon a time, far away was a jungle. <sighs> What's happening? Jane said groggily. When she woke up, she noticed, Ah! My bed is floating? All of the sudden, creak! Oh no, no, no! Ack! Her bed tilted and Jane fell off. Once she hit the ground, she was staring face to face with a monkey? <laughs> Hi! The monkey spoke. Jane screamed. Why are you talking? Jane backed into a tree. Thud. The monkey spoke again. <laughs> Let's start over. My name is Martin. Martin put out his hand. Hi, I'm Jane, she said confused. Jane shook his hand and got up. How do I get home? She asked. <laughs> I can't take you home, but Callie can. <laughs> Callie! Martin called. There was dead silence. Yes? Callie said. She noticed Callie was a butterfly, and she was confused. Uh, indeed. Jane, this is Callie. <laughs> Callie, this is Jane, Martin introduced. Callie was a beautiful butterfly with blue hue and baby pink spots. Callie, can you take me home? Jane asked. Oh, of course, right this way, Callie replied in her squeaky butterfly voice. In an instant, they were there, and Jane walked into the portal and waved goodbye. When Jane woke up, she was in her bedroom. She grabbed her book, and the monkey inside winked.
The Lost Unicorn by Emma Jacob, 6th grade, Chrisman Elementary in Shelby Township, Michigan. One evening, Sophie told Sapphire she was going out alone. She came back through the secret passage, forgetting about Sapphire. It was after dark and Sapphire did not see Sophie return. She got worried and wanted to go find her. There was no way out of the stables though, except... Nay! Sapphire jumped through the stable door. She entered the forest, and after what seemed like an hour, Sapphire got thirsty. Sapphire found a river and started to drink the water. However, what she did not know was the river she was drinking from was the Forbidden River. After drinking from the river, Sapphire was transported to a tower. The tower was small inside and had food and water bowls, and a window too. After one day of searching, they gave up and returned. They told the princess that Sapphire was not in the forest. Did you search the whole forest? She commanded. One knight replied, We searched everywhere except the Forbidden River. Sophie said she would go to the Forbidden River to search for Sapphire, but everyone in the castle said it would be too dangerous. Sophie mounted a horse anyway, bringing a cup to drink the water. Sophie had gotten his attention. She made some movements, and the dragon made some back. Sophie found out he was alone, and offered him to come back and be a guard dragon for the castle. She decided to call him George. George agreed, and said he would help. Sirius by Phoenix McCready, 6th grade, Havel Elementary in Sterling Heights, Michigan. I rolled the leather grip of Sirius in my hand, and its silver blade shone in the moonlight. The grip fit my hand perfectly, like it had fit my ancestor's hand. I placed my hand on Sirius's blade, not surprised to find it cold. I gripped the handle and slipped it back into its sheath. I stood up and looked out over the rooftops of Detroit. The moonlight shone off the glass windows everywhere. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flicker of movement. I dove off the roof, landing in a crouch on the ground. Then I stood up and ran to the shadow that was running from me. Hey! I shouted at the shadow, knowing it would not stop. I had to shout loudly, because it never had any effect on the shadow. Knowing it was my last resort, I pulled Sirius out of its sheath and threw it at the dark movement. It twirled through the air, and time seemed to cease. 
Sirius spiraled towards the moving figure, skimmed its arm, and didn't stop. It flew straight and true right into the brick wall. The shadow turned the corner out of sight and mind. Sirius sounded like glass shattering. Sirius! I ran towards the wall, hoping to find Sirius still intact, and the noise was just a figment of my imagination. I ran over, and on the ground lay jagged pieces of metal. My eyes began watering. Sirius had failed me. Or I had failed it. The Secret of Aragon by Meredith Tipton, 6th grade, Bruce Collins Elementary in Sterling Heights, Michigan. My name's Arya Silverclaw. I'm 16 years old and live in the enormous kingdom of Aragon. Everyone in Aragon is a magical creature. They're elves, fairies, dragons, etc. We've got it all. But my favorite part of all is that everyone can take human form. Aragon's honestly one of the coolest places in the world. Aragon is divided into many sections, one for each species and similar species. The only place sections mix together is the public schools. Luckily, my school is a boarding school for only my section, which, by the way, is the dragon section. Yes, I'm a dragon. Part ice dragon, part fire. What's great is that wyverns also attend our school, and my best friend and roommate, Raven Blackwing, is a wyvern. She's also where this story starts. Arya! I hear a voice call my name in the crowded school hallway. Arya, wait up! I turned around and saw a tall girl with short raven black hair bobbing through the crowd. Raven. I smiled at her. She soon caught up to me. I continued smiling until I saw the grave look replacing her usual grin. What's wrong? I asked. For a second, she just stared into my deep green eyes like she was boring into my soul. Then she leaned over and gave me a hug. You have to promise me you won't tell anyone. Her voice quivered. She was still holding on to me. I promise. She whispered something into my ear. My eyes went wide. Junai by Ariana Crossley, 10th grade, Fitzgerald High School in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. In a dark and desolate space, void of creation and home only to stars, two magnificent dragons lived isolated from the other, and each believing they were the only one of their kind. Whenever they flew from star to star, they hoped to encounter a life form of any kind, until finally, they did. From the moment they first gazed upon one another, they each knew that it was meant to be. However, due to a lack of communicative abilities, they had no reason to believe the other felt the same. In a fit of spontaneity, Juman, a majestic drake whose scales shimmered in all the colors of the sea, and whose wings swirled like an ever-changing silt seafloor, created a celestial body as an attempt to win the affection of the other. This planet was a deep cobalt, with light azure swirling throughout and was called Neptune. Though she took notice, the second dragon believed the planet was not for her, but was created purely for entertainment. If only to show him her love, Chikara, a serpent whose scales appeared more like bark and whose wings seemed to be thousands of leaves, 
created her own celestial body. It was a massive sphere of tan and swirls of brown, ones that appeared more like thick caramel. This planet was larger than any found in other galaxies, and Chikara was filled with pride. She called it Jupiter and anticipated the Cyan Drake's reply. Her immense wings fluttered as she pictured the larger dragon's response to her display. When he took notice of the planet, Juman knew that his affection was returned. He raced around desperately in search of his soulmate. Chikara was, unfortunately, venturing in another galaxy, attempting to locate him. They sought after each other for an immeasurable time, each thinking the other had left them for good. For some time, they stopped searching, losing all hope of finding their predestined partner. As she was about to give up all hope of finding Juman again, Chikara caught sight of a shining blue tail. She strained her wings to travel as swiftly as she possibly could, seeking her soulmate once and for all. The sound of her wings reached the other's ears, and he turned back in shock. When he caught sight of Chikara, he flew as quickly as possible, knowing that this time he would reach her. They collided, and in their embrace they began to transform. Their scales, small jewels of blue and brown, merged together, swirling and spinning, forming a planet called Earth. Their blood, a deep red, flowed into the most beautiful shapes, finally becoming the celestial body of Mars. Claws, ivory white and razor sharp, melded into the form of Pluto. On and on they went, each piece of their shared bodies becoming another planet, all still, for they had nothing to orbit. Finally, the fire inside them that gave them life emerged, forming a gigantic star shining bright on the combination of their affection. were our stories. I hope you liked them. Join us for the next episode if you want to hear the entire anthology. Before we go, remember that this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Jen Finelli, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, Today, I'm in jail, and the peaceful forest is now a noisy city filled with disgusting pigs.